Hey, you all cool cats and kittens out there. If you don't get that reference, what have you been watching? Check out the Tiger King. Well, we have a great episode of Columbia Reunion, episode 3. We're skipping 10 years into the future to talk to a 2017 graduate, Jordana Freemed. We talk about living in this crazy pandemic. We talk about sustainable development, her travels to South Africa, um, her f- amazing hot tips regarding fruit. So definitely listen in for those. I hope everyone's staying safe out there. It's a bit of a crazy time right now. We're going to get through it. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to your neighbors. Subscribe, like. Here's your show. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Columbia Reunion, episode three. Jordana Freemed, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that's right. My pleasure. Um, this is the first episode that I'm doing of any podcast since the pandemic. So that's that's what's on wow. everybody's mind. So it's on my mind. Well, what are you guys doing? How are you guys surviving it? And where are you? You're in Boston, right? Yeah, we are currently in Boston, um, sharing both working from home in our small one bedroom. Um, haven't wanted to kill each other yet. So, so far, so good. <laughs> okay. So you guys are still, are you guys on lockdown? And so you guys is, um, that's your boyfriend, uh, a friend of mine, Ben Pleat. That's how I met you. And you are a Columbia alum as well. So this is a Columbia Reunion podcast. I am, yeah. Class of 2017. Oh my God. <laughs> that's 10 years later than I graduated. Yeah, uh, you should get one from every decade. That's what I was thinking, right? What if I go on the sevens now? So we had 2007. We got 2017 with you. Um, the other, I could go 97. That'd be a good one. I think my dad may have been, oh, no, 79. If you get up to the nines, he can uh, help out. <laughs> I didn't know your dad went to Columbia, too. He did, yeah. So you... Was it your dream when you were a little girl? Like, oh my God, my dad went to Columbia. I want to go to Columbia. It was. And then I don't think I ever, like, it was always sort of a joke. Oh, I want to go to, um, and never knew really about the core. And then when I started looking into schools, actually like, oh, like it seems like a pretty good fit. Um, so funny sort of how it worked out. Oh, really? Like the way I, I got in or decided to go is I, I looked at the U.S. News World Rankings and like the highest school I got into, that's where I went. That turned Amazing. out to be Columbia. <laughs> I, didn't really, I didn't really understand what core, I mean, sure. I, I wrote down, oh my God, the core curriculum, it's the best thing ever. I'm going to be well-rounded, but like I couldn't give a shit. <laughs> but you actually cared. You were like, we were looking for the right fit. I was in, yeah, I was into like classics and humanities and all that stuff. So. Okay, me. and I want to talk about that. I want to talk about your major. Um, t- so you, 2017 Bachelor of Arts out of Columbia College in Sustainable Development, is that right? Yeah, Sustainable Development with a concentration in business management. Oh, okay, so that's that's interesting. I was looking that up and I was like, what is this major? But before we go there, okay, so I want to I want to talk about the pandemic a little more. So you guys are safe. You're hunkered down. What do you leave the house for? Uh, pretty much just groceries, and then every night, if we haven't left the house all day, which I feel like is most days during the week, we usually try and do like a 10, 20 minute walk around the neighborhood just to get outside. But do you see people that, outside? People friendly? Do they wave or are they grumpy? People are pretty suspicious. It's a little nuts, especially like today in the supermarket. Everyone had masks on, um, and if you got too close, you got some some side eyes. What um, kind of masks are you seeing? Are, are you seeing like actual N95s, surgery masks, or like homemade a lot? Uh, mostly homemade at this point. I feel like even if you have like the proper masks, you've probably been shamed from wearing them. Exactly. That's what I was going. Like I saw people wearing like cloth masks yesterday. Like they made them the self scarves. And I feel like it's very much like virtue signaling. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we've seen a lot of the paper, either the paper Weird. ones or cloth ones that people have made themselves. Yeah. Otherwise you, I mean like the, th- the thing is I have an old N95. I can't give that one back to the hospital workers. I already used it. I'm reusing it. 
and I feel kind of weird wearing it in public because I'm doing something technically wrong, but not really because I'm not hoarding any supply from the doctors either. Yeah, you only owned one. But yeah, you totally look that, like that asshole if you wear it in <laughs> public. <laughs> All right. Well, I just don't want to get sick. Do you, have you guys had any symptoms? No, we've been totally fine. Um, I'm actually, my whole family is in healthcare, so I'm the only one not going into work every day in my family. But um, and thankfully, everyone's safe and healthy and fine. Um, that we are. How is their experience going so far? Because they're, I mean, they're in the New Jersey, New York area, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're all New York, New Jersey. It's pretty wild. Like, they, my, my mom works at our local hospital and she, like, they've set up all makeshift hospitals. Um, she didn't even sort of work in anything related to coronavirus. Um, she was a breast cancer nurse practitioner and got redeployed. So she's wow. now like all day, every day answering telehealth calls. Um, my brother is in pediatrics and they have like different peds doctors in, um, at Columbia Presbyterian like rotating into the adult units just because they need more more staff on hand. It's crazy. <sighs> yeah, New York's getting hit really hard. It's scary. I saw the, the tweet by Cuomo where he's basically allowing, you know, immediately all the the, the doctors that are going to graduate in spring, the MDs, they can practice immediately. Yeah, fast nuts. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. Um, but you get to work from home and – do you work from home usually? No. So, uh, it's a privilege. Aren't we lucky? Like, I feel yeah, like we're lucky. Totally. Yeah. My, so generally I'm, I'm a consultant at the bridge bank group. So I do, you know, strategy consulting for nonprofits, but I've actually been, um, on externship the past month now. You're, you're on a second mint. I had to look up that word today. Secondment. Yeah. Secondment. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So basically I, I took six months. Um, out of my normal job to go work for a startup and a VC firm, kind of both at the same time. So that's been sort of wild, ramping up um, remote. I was actually, I'm supposed to be in Istanbul right now, um, working with the startup there, but holding off on actually going for the time being. So how does that work? So you, it's not a, I guess, you know, as a consulting company, you go out and do contracts a lot, but this is something different, it sounds like. No, yeah. So I'm like, uh, Bridgeband sort of just like no formal relationship or affiliation with what I'm doing. Just letting me sort of. You found that thing by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so what, what is it? What, uh, what's the startup? What are you doing? What's the experience? Yeah. So they're an early stage ed tech company based in Istanbul, um, that does like automated Q and a answering for homework or test prep questions. Um, and I'm Turkish. Uh, they started in Turkey, they've expanded to India and have plans to expand to the U S soon. So it's like a pretty scalable model, but now they're mostly in Turkey. Um, and I'm acting sort of as like their first CFO kind of, um, like helping them get their financials in order before yeah. series A race. So it's been really fun, like totally wild and different from my life. Interesting. So you Bachelor of Arts Sustainable Development, which led you to this. What is sustainable development? Why do they make up this major? What is this? <laughs> is this fake? Is this real? It's out of the Earth Institute. Climate yeah. change, is that real? Let's, we'll get onto that in a second. But yeah, go for it. Like, totally. What is yeah, it's, it's essentially figuring out how society is going to live and prosper, um, understanding sort of the future of where we're headed, given you know, uh, climate change and other, you know, major uh, environmental changes that will be coming up in the next few years, a hundred years. So that'll just dramatically change the way people live and, and society develops. So it's a pretty, like, it was a pretty interdisciplinary major. I'd say kind of like a combination of earth science meets economics meets political science. Um, and people really came at it with, you know, we're in the major with totally different sort of fields of interest. Um, some matched it more with human rights. Um, I took more of sort of the econ finance kind of angle on it. Right. Uh, and yeah, people went from my major to do like totally different things, all sort of with this um, lens of uh, environmental sort of sustainable practices. So where do you end up? Do you think we're, you know, I don't know how to say this without sounding very blunt, but like, I feel like the human race is kind of like a virus on the earth. Totally. And 
like we are just i mean it's obvious right like we're on lockdown covid is scary i'm afraid to get i hope we get through this somehow everybody stay safe stay home but like it's almost you know there's this notion that mother nature here's a virus to clean you guys up you're doing too much shit and now like the air is not polluted you know all the things are going down because we're not doing anything it almost feels like as a humanity we're just kind of like doing bad things to our planet totally yeah is that true um, yeah oh man yeah I'm afraid. i feel like the, the takeaway of my my four year study was we're kind of we're we're a little bit screwed already and it's more just about figuring out how to adapt more so than um mitigate or stop sort of the impending doom that's coming what is the when is the impending doom supposed to happen do we have any estimates i mean I, I, you know, scientists estimate totally. I think we'll we'll start. To, I think it'll be sort of a a slow shift. I think we'll see a lot more more like higher frequency of natural disasters, and I think that'll just be probably more pandemics too. Just that, just becoming humanity's new normal, like as sort of bleak and insane as. Oh my god! Yeah. What like so? And you're just. What do you think right now would be an area where? you really want to bring in this notion of sustainability where whether through social norms, cultural norms or political situations, it's not happening, but do you think there's, this is the area where we really got to do something? Yeah, I think, I mean, like as great as it is to, you know, to stop using plastic straws or plastic bags, like individual behavior is great, but where I think, you know, huge, change needs to happen is on the government like the national and international recognition that you know climate change is real and um, even just like the way that we eat our food and thinking through you know not just carbon but methane emissions there's so many and all of those like cow farts (laughs) cow farts are real man yeah Uh, um, no joke but i think all of that like individual behaviors is only sort of a a drop in you know drop in the bucket compared to like one policy that could like dramatically change the way that you know the u.s and globally you know we consume our food and um that i think is a huge area as well as just you know the paris agreement was great but sort of starting to get more binding what was the paris agreement for the ignorance including myself um so it's essentially like cop 21, I believe, COP 20, 21, um, where a bunch of countries sort of came on board and agreed to a um, cap or uh, to a two degree warming sort of target. Um, so sort of- How do we measure this? So they measure like the general temperature of the earth and then they're like, we don't want it to go above two degrees. And that's driven by like some kind of other carbon gas emissions. Yeah, I'd say that's like more or less the gist. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, explain to me for a second, because I just I saw something about you know kind of we have this carbon offset market that's happening, yeah. and I mean that's a policy decision, right? Maybe one of the that's the thing that comes to my mind in the past or whatever years where if we're trying to like combat climate change, there's talk of these policies. Like, what, how does that work? Is there, it's voluntary right now, right? All these companies are just doing like, oh, we want to do good. So we'll buy carbon offsets. And I don't really understand what that means. How do you buy carbon offset anyway? Yeah. So I, I, and I'm by no means an expert in it, but I, sure. I think the basic gist um, is, you know, in, in theory, every company would be sort of allowed a certain amount of carbon they could, you know, consume slash emit. Um, and if you were emitting more, you'd have to purchase it, which would mean, you know, there's sort of like a fixed pool or pot of carbon that, um, different companies could be emitting and you would sort of trade with others or buy sort of offsets to, um, so cap and trade is one sort of, uh, policy that's proposed or certain offsets to do more good sort of than tip Mm. the scale sort of good versus the bad you would be creating. I see. And how can we, and so what about trees, plant trees, trees eat carbon. Is that the only way we can get rid of carbon? Just planting trees? Uh, planting trees is one way there, you know, some believe burying it under the ground is another idea. Um, a lot of different sort of 
ideas and, and ways out there. But planting trees is definitely one. I see. Otherwise, you trade between companies. Like the air, airlines, they'll, you know, you didn't use up your credits, so I'll pay you money for it. I see, I see. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there was a, there's some startup out there called, I think it's like Pachayama, Pachayama, which is like a, it's like a carbon market. I just, a friend of mine sent me it and I was just looking at it. Nice. Anyway, sustainable development. Um, <laughs> so how do you, like in my mind a little bit, like we are, and I myself, profit-driven individual, like, you know, I don't come from much and I want to get rich. And so I think a lot of corporations think that way. And that's, you know, that's our, that's how we end up in the situation. Do you, like, why would anyone even approach this? Like, I guess what I don't understand is there's a lot of companies doing sustainable or trying to do it. And like, if I, if I looked right, like the, the company you're working for now, there's, there are VC that's specifically trying to fund I don't know if it's sustainable or social good stuff. What do you like in your head? How do you reconcile like this aspect of we want to do good for the planet. Let's be sustainable. Let's do social good with, you know, this is a still a business and there's any cash flow. And I, and if cash flow means I got to offload a lot of carbon, that's what it means. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I think in the long run, you know, if you're not considering certain environmental impacts of your business activities, like that's an economic, like that's a financial risk, right? Um, Why? Not, it doesn't matter yeah. for me. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's all gonna go to like really bad, like hundred years from now. Today, I'm safe. That's how I, I think that's how most people think. Well, I think if you're not, you know, if, let's say you're not prepared for impending potential government regulation around. Um, you know, where your pro your where your procurement is and, you know, how you're procuring certain materials, like raw goods mm-hmm. or materials. Um, that's a huge risk if you're not prepared. Um, and if an, if an insurance company, let's say, is not thinking about how the effects of climate change are gonna impact, you know, the number of claims they're seeing in the in the next ten years, that's also a huge issue. Um, not taking into and you know the environment is sort of one area, but not thinking about, you know, what it, what do just labor standards look like. Um, and then what, what's that mean? Your, you know, whether it's like minimum wage or employment hmm. benefits or treating your workers well um, is also another, you know, environment aside is also another huge area that could sort of get, you know, put into oh my this. God. There's like a, like I was reading a New York Times article about how the luxury people are getting away with the pandemic versus like working class and like mm-hmm. our society is so stratified. Like yeah, for that's, sure. what, that's what you're talking about, how there's, yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's scary. But so all of those things I'd say are, you know, very much real risks to businesses that are, you know, if those things aren't being, being considered, it's Mm. not just, you know, let me just write, you know, a couple hundred K corporate check to, you know, XYZ nonprofit, all that's great. But I think there's this much sort of larger lens of what it means to consider some of these factors into a business Mm -hmm. um, that is just, you know, smart business. Um, And it's on the rise, right? Like more and more companies will think about these factors totally and i mean you see like huge signals like you know uh larry fink from blackrock you know putting out in his for two years in a row now his corporate letter understanding like companies need to be thinking about some of these issues this is sort of the future of business it's not it's not stratified Hmm. interesting how are you what's your opinion on space travel Uh, I don't. I don't know if I have a, a fully informed opinion on. Like, do you want to do it? Do you think? Well, <laughs> um, Musk thinks we can go there, and that will be like a whole. You know, whatever we if we mess up Earth, we always got Mars under. Uh, you know. Like the just classic <laughs> human centric kind of. Yeah, if we just mess up one planet, we'll just start let's go the next one. <laughs> yeah. mm, mm, mm. Only only humans, right? I know. So Columbia podcast, I know we, you know, we got mostly Columbia listeners. Um, let's give them a little Columbia content, juicy, yeah. juicy Columbia content. Where, what, what was your freshman, uh, dorm one? Oh man. Freshwoman. I, I was infernal. Um, Respect. I, yeah. I was, I think the 1% of, uh, freshmen who, of, of the freshman class that did not get their first or second choice housing. 
Wow. Like just randomly that you were special somehow? <laughs> I guess so. It ended up working out and I uh, wrongfully was, you know, not excited to live there, but it was Did you awesome. get a single? No, I was with the dub. So my roommate and I requested, you know, each other, you know, two roommates requesting each other. It's, you know, you're a shoe in for Carmen. Right. Um, not Fernald. And it ended up so awesome. My Fernald freshman roommates or everyone on that floor, we were all super close. Um, some, you know, really, really close and great friends to this day. Uh, and it, Love and our dorms What were floor like, were you on? Uh, four. Did Good you floor. There? Yeah, I did a sophomore year in Fernalds. Had a single on the seventh floor. Awesome. Yeah, it was a great building. It was great to like go socialize in Carmen and then have an awesome. And it's right there. It's right on campus. It's pretty chill. It was a good time. Yeah, great place. How about sophomore year? Tell me all your dorms. Yeah, the sophomore year I lived in the SDT sorority house. Um, oh wow! I didn't know we had that. We have <laughs> sorority. They have sororities and frat houses, and people live in them. Okay, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, that's right. I have a buddy, Rumenik, lived at the. It's one of those. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's great. It was great. Um, More freedom. Yeah. How does it compare to a dorm room? Would you recommend people go to a sorority house versus a dorm room? Um. Uh. Yeah, More I would say so. Yeah. Uh, no, I would say it was definitely like I had a lot, a ton of space. It was great to sort of like feel very you know, civilized living in a house. Um, and I think Where was the house? Had, was it nearby? Oh yeah, it was right behind Butler on One Fourteenth. It was an awesome location. Wow. Yeah, I'd say living in a sorority is probably different than living in a frat house. So. <laughs> that was great. What does SDT stand for? Like, did you guys have a mission? Sigma Delta Ta. Um, What's the mission? Sustainable development? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, our, uh, I think, national uh, philanthropy is PCAA, or Prevent Child Abuse America. Um, Can't argue with that. Yeah, it was a great, great organization, great group of girls. I think on other, in other schools, it's mostly a Jewish sorority, but at Columbia, it was pretty, I think it was about like 50-50 um, Jewish and not Jewish. Was that like, so your social network kind of, as you were going through college, was it largely the sorority? Everything. It was, yeah, it was, I feel like most Columbia students probably have, their social life comes from like a number of different sort of networks and um, SDT was one of them. Um, Columbia Law Review was one of them. Sustainable Development, Hillel, like the Jewish life on campus. Are you Jewish? I am Jewish. <laughs> yeah, go Jews. Um, hey, we're out here just living our lives. Leave us alone. <laughs> Don't punish us. Um, okay, that's cool. What's yeah. the Columbia Law Review? Did you want to be a lawyer for a second there? I did. I, oh, my goodness. Cool. I know, yes. Life took a turn. Um, it was the undergraduate law review. So we were sort of a student-run um, legal journal. Um, <laughs> what did you write you, like what did, did you write a, any legal articles i did i wrote for our blog and ran our blog for a while which were just sort of like shorter sort of opinion pieces on either like recent pieces of legislation or people's sort of opinions or maybe something they would have written for a class um and then uh, spent time i was my senior year was the editor-in-chief of the imprint version two which was great so didn't end up becoming a lawyer but oh that's really curious fun. What yeah, is the role of an editor-in-chief? Like, what did you have to do? Uh, it was a lot of, like, having people review um, sort of different, you know, we'd sort of select our submissions for that semester and spend a lot of time working with the authors on the pieces, um, on the actual writing, and then towards the end, a lot of copy editing and sort of putting together a journal each semester. Did you feel um, like ultimate ownership for each piece of publication you guys put out, like the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of coordination and. Um, you have to be a leader, though, right? That sounds yeah. like a leadership thing. What's your yeah. leadership style? Do you have one? Uh, I think I, I my leadership style probably getting people to to do their feel most inspired and do their best work. I think sort of the best leaders create sort of a, a cohort of smaller leaders too. So. Mm, that's smart. 
independent thinkers that can get things across the board. That's awesome. Yeah. Fascinating. Jordana coming in hot. How did you meet <laughs> Benny? Benny, please, you know, Benny, we try to get Benny on the podcast. He's very busy. He's got the startup. We're really working our best. We're going to get him on anytime now. I know. You got to schedule months in advance with him. He's very uh, We're both, you know what it is between me and Benny? Because like, we're just so, both of us are lazy. So there's like almost zero accountability, like pressure. So like if one of us wants to cancel, the other one's like, whatever, yeah, cancel. But uh, when it's someone else, it's a little better. But we'll get him on. We'll get him on. Sorry. So how did you guys meet each other? So we initially um, matched on a dating app. And then uh, went on two dates, sort of fizzled out a little bit. And then a few months later, I was start thinking about starting my own startup and reached out to the sort of the kid I had gone on been on a few dates with that knew a lot about tech and startup. A fizzle and a rekindle. Oh, I didn't know that. That's that's yeah. That's a- well, I mean, it was a, a natural fizzle. I was at Columbia. He was at Harvard. You know, we went just far away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So met over winter break, and then. Um, started dating the the summer after that spring semester. What do you, uh, any advice for single people out there? Um, How about couples? <laughs> I would say just like good things come when you least expect it, which is like the most unsatisfying sort of advice, but letting your guard down, just being open and no, that's uh, good. Yeah. I sometimes feel like I'm about, I'm like, oh, I'm not really expecting anything. Something good is about to happen. And then I'm like, shit, by thinking that now you fucked yourself. I don't know if that's real, but you know. <laughs> yeah, then, don't think so much. Bob. Don't think so much. Yeah, I know. Meditation. Uh, do you ever meditate? Uh, I do not. Benny does. Benny does headspace every morning. Um, it helps. I'm, yeah, I'm not much helps. of a meditator. Interesting. What are you guys doing for food in the quarantine? We go grocery shopping once a week, and then I am doing a lot of the cooking. What are you making? What do you got? Some delicious stuff? Matzo oh, yeah. ball I, soup? Oh, that's coming up this week. Passover. I know. It's Passover, coming. Yeah. Pesach. Pesach, yeah. Um, what have I made? I made banana bread. We've made pizza. We mm. did sushi two weeks ago. That was fun. Wow. A lot of work. Um like a whole day commitment. What else have we made? It's like pasta making. Yeah. Um, we've made some ZDs. I don't know. All good stuff. Salmon, chicken. You're just making some food here and there, just staying healthy. Don't you feel it's healthier than being in the quarantine than not being in the quarantine? Like food-wise? Maybe not for you guys. It is for me because I'm just like eating out less. Um, yeah. Make That's more true. food at home. Yeah, definitely making a lot more food at home. I feel like being home, though, I'm, like, snacking a lot more during – I mean, trying to on healthy stuff, but I don't know. When you're home, it's like, no, oh, it's been an hour. What am I eating next? Yeah, well, it's also, like, the baking. Oh, my God. I love the baking. I made some brownies, the double chocolate. Shout out Ghirardelli. Ghirardelli is a huge sponsor of the podcast. Ghirardelli, the best brownies, <laughs> best chocolate mix. You know, if you're, if you're shopping in the supermarket now and you want to bake something, which I know you do, buy some Ghirardelli. San Francisco-based deliciousness. How's Boston compared to New York City? Do you like it there more? I, as a city, I actually do like it more. I feel like that's a hot take, though. I feel like most New Yorkers, New, New York, New Jersey, who come to Boston are sort of waiting to get to go back um, or, like, really like New York a lot more. I think Boston's like a cleaner, quieter, smaller New York, I think definitely less diverse, which is not great, um, but a lot more casual and chill and relaxed, which I do like. What's the weather right now? Is it cold? Yes. Not freezing. It's been okay. Um, it's like low 40s, which mm. is like nice weather in Boston. <laughs> would, you, would you ever, okay, would you ever consider moving to like San Diego, the promised land? Uh, um, yeah, it sounds like no. The weather is too nice here. You want the seasons or whatever other excuse people usually say. I love coming to visit San Diego. Oh, what a visit. Yeah, it's gorgeous. A great visit. Hmm. All right, all right. Columbia content. Let's give them. So SDT House. What about junior oh, and yeah. senior year? 
So junior year, I lived in Watt. Um, wow. And senior year, East Campus. So senior year was like the first year I feel like I lived in like the typical dorm. dorm. Yeah. Yeah, Watt is more apartment style. I was in Watt senior year, actually. And oh, uh, nice. I was McBain Jr. Oh, McBain, whatever. You know, in McBain... Uh, I'm gonna talk to... as a junior, that's rough. <laughs> oh my god, it was awesome. It was like you're the you're the big daddy, right? Like we had a huge place. One of the reasons we went to McBain is because we got a huge walkthrough double there because we had like a pretty good number mm-hmm. um, for a junior, whatever the system works. So it was a weird. It was like a huge room with like a little back room, and I I just lived in the back room, and then I had the huge room to myself. And Minsky, my roommate. Benny's brother, he was gone for half a year. So I had the whole room to myself. It was a glorious experience. And this is where we threw our infamous spa party where people came in and we had scented candles and we were wearing (laughs) bathrobes in college, junior year. Fantastic time. I've been thinking about maybe it's time for a virtual spa party. Hit up, you know, find that email. I think someone can find it somewhere. Everybody's unis. And send them all an email saying like, hey, hopefully you're still forward in your uni. The Pavel Minsky experience is bringing back the spa party 10 years, 13 years. I don't know how many years later. We're back virtual. Amazing. Uh, yeah, right? That could work. That's what I've been thinking about recently. That sounds awesome. I'd love to attend. Yeah, you'll be invited. And, you know, there'll be kind of some sort of a spa theme. I'm in. <laughs> I love it. Um Cool. So sustainable development, you learn a bunch of cool stuff. You're active in all these things and you're the law review and you're thinking like it's really tasting a lot of different stuff. It's, it's, it's fun. I mean, um, what are some favorite food plates? Speaking of taste, look at that segue. Yeah. Speaking of taste, what is like a favorite food place in Colombia? One or two or any that maybe if someone's listening, they're going to visit soon. You know, they want to, they want to be able to go check something out. It comes to your mind. Yeah. Um, I, this, I think it opened up when I was a junior or senior. Um, it's called Friedman's. It's owned by the same owners as community. Um, great brunch, awesome avocado toast. Where is uh, that? It's Where? right on, I think it's like 122nd in Amsterdam. Oh, wow. Here. Yeah. On the other side, so not on Broadway. Never been there. Okay, it's huge. Never, great avocado toast with Friedman's. Sounds very yeah. Jewish, Friedman. I, like <laughs> I think that. they also have another location, or one or two other locations elsewhere in the city, but that one just opened up when I was a senior, and it was awesome. You love that place, little brunch. Yeah. Did you guys have drinks at brunch? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, that's the most fun thing about New York brunch for me. It was like having a few cocktails in the morning, you know, not cocktails, whatever, the mimosa, oh, okay. orange juice. Yeah. Love um, it. And then nothing beats just like a quick salad from Hamdel. Um, I feel like that was my dinner for like two years in a row. Uh, Hamdel, Hamilton Deli, classic place, the Balboa, the Sylvester Stallone, the salads. Do you remember what kind of salad you'd get? Is it a, it's not a salad bar, is it? They had a salad bar in the back. Ah, that that's a different, uh, it, it, everything changes. I don't think they had a salad bar when I went to college. Hmm. Impressive. Expanding their horizons, yeah. Is, what about Milano's? Is Milano's Deli still around? Yeah, Milano. Uh, I mean, what, since I was there, yeah. They would have, a lot has changed even in the past few years, like things opening and closing. Were you, when you were there, did they have uh, the Chinese food place, Columbia Cottage? Mm. Closed it? Oh, man. I don't think so. You'd yeah. know. It was, because that place used to give away like free white wine with meals. <laughs> like box wine. Oh, goodness Amazing. gracious. We did that a couple of times. Delicious. Little General Tso, little box white wine. That's a college experience. Can I do that today? No. Can I do it when I was younger and my stomach was full of strength? Of course. You're getting old, Paul. Getting old, Jordana. <laughs> do you have a nickname? Uh, depends. I do have nicknames. My family calls me Jay. Uh, most people from... That's funny. I called you Jay by instinct. Huh. On the yeah. text message. Love it. Um, people in college called me Jord. 
And people now even call me George, but that was like very new. And then, George. yeah, my last name's Fremed, so people would call me Frem, Fremed, sort of from my younger life. Do you know what Fremed means? Like, does it stand for anything? Um, so in Austrian, it means stranger. Mm. In Danish, and I am not Danish, and only learned this when I was in Copenhagen, it means like xenophobic, which is awful. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I think like foreign stranger is sort of the that's Jordanian strangers. You from come from a foreign land. You guys came from somewhere else when you first. Yeah. Where's your family from? Is it from Austria? Uh, you know? We're like a hodgepodge of Eastern Europe, like ours or you know, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, we've done a few. Um, it's been fun, especially like my family. As uh, we did one last night, and it was really great. Just everyone sort of jumps on and. Um, definitely can't replace the in-person connections and you know family and community, but um, they've been great. How, how would like what's the most people you had on one? Oh, that's that's a good question. Oh, uh, so I I um, signed into a bridge band one um, about a month ago, mm-hmm. and they had the entire office on it, so it was 150 people on one Zoom. Oh call. yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's not going to work. Nope. What did they do? Just one, like nothing? With the CEO just talked? VPs not even. It was uh, our like, uh, like promotion ceremony. So oh. everyone mm. is sort of on and everyone's lines were muted besides for, you know, one person talking at a time. And usually during promotion ceremonies, everyone's clapping and cheering and whatnot. They had everyone do these like kind of awkward, silent spirit fingers to show oh like, my God, that's congratulations. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Is at my like current externship on this call, sort of doing these awkward spirit fingers, and like the people that have been working with me for like a day or two, and they're like, "What is this new girl doing?" Um, spirit fingering. There, there's challenges there. Yeah, I mean, we used to do when I was the blue tree. My team, we used to do like you know 25 people happy hour, and honestly, like completely unruly. All you can really do is like just have one or two people talk. Everybody's listening. It's not how a real happy hour works. Yeah. And so I've been, still haven't done anything about it, but that was like an idea. I know there's a problem there mm-hmm. that needs to be solved somehow. And, you know, whether it's like, oh, jumping around different little rooms, like Zoom lets you have breakout rooms or something. Like, I think now more than ever, a lot of people will understand the pain point of having a big virtual happy hour that it's, it's better than nothing. Don't get me wrong. But when the group gets larger, whether it's past whatever number, Dunbar number, past four, whatever, yeah. It's not natural. It's not. It's not the way you would be in a group setting where you can move from little group to little group. So, you know, that's my startup that I am uh, trying to make happen. We'll see. I, I, I was I was coding some Slack plugins. What do you guys use for uh, chat at work? Slack. Yeah. Slack. Any Slack? Slack. Excellent. Stay scrappy, businesses. That's awesome. <laughs> do you think? I've heard like so. You're plugged into like businesses and VC culture somewhat. I'm just curious. Learning. To, yeah, yeah, learning. Exactly. Well, that's all anyone can do, right? That's a smart approach. Well, um, I, I've been seeing like, oh, it's uh, the call unwinding of startups or valuations getting cut and like, you know, it's a bloodbath out there. But I think from an investment standpoint, even myself as an individual investor who is investing in stocks, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is what I've been waiting for, right? Like I got a little cash reserve. I've been waiting for a downturn so I can yeah. buy some companies. Any personal investment advice or like, or even like, what do you think is happening? Like people, their uh, valuations obviously going down for VC, for startups. I imagine they have to just yeah. move the market. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I mean, right now I'm working for two different organizations. One is a VC, um, you know, trying to close a fund and the other is the startup getting ready to raise the series a. So it's been super interesting sort of seeing both ends of, um, well, that's you know, that sort fascinating, of yeah. spectrum at this time. Yeah. Where I think a lot of startups are thinking about, you know, how do we weather the next few months where it might be difficult to raise? Um, a lot of VCs are sort of doubling down on their existing investments. Um, and you know, especially if you're trying to raise yourself, um, you know, a lot of you know, potential VC LPs, you know, the VC having a tough time too. Um, I think everyone is really sort of, yes, I, I totally agree. I think uh, valuations are definitely coming back down. 
Um, and to some extent, that's probably, you know, a little bit of a healthy thing of, mm-hmm. you know, avoiding the next big WeWork situation or whatnot of everyone, sort of, you know, in this downturn, getting mm-hmm. back to reality, at least yeah. a little bit. Hmm. Interesting. Do you invest yourself personally? Do you have a strategy? Um, I'm in like a Schwab intelligent portfolio. I don't do much uh, like startup investing. I think between me and Benny, our, our risk needs to get, you know, diversified a little bit. Um, but you're know, watching it on my Schwab and, you know, like an ETF fund or like, do you pick like, Oh, I like Apple. I'm going to buy Apple stock. I like Microsoft. I like Tesla. No, it doesn't. It doesn't let me pick individual securities, but it lets me set my asset allocation. So I can ah. think through like, how much do I want? What sort of my risk profile and um, how much do I want in public oh. market, private market? commodities etc and can sort of play around with it that's pretty cool i haven't played with that yeah it's a neat tool especially for like the beginning investor where you could just sort of you know here's a pile of money i don't really know what to do with it here's my you know how old i am my investment horizon and my risk profile like let the experts go do yeah a lot of the time the experts is now just an algorithm anyway yeah it's time for hot tips, hot tips, hot tips, hot tips, hot tips, hot tips brought to you by sponsors, sponsors. We don't have any hot tips. Um, so we have this recurring segment called hot tips and basically it's any hot tip you want to give or as many hot tips as you want to give to our audience. Um, yeah. We've probably got like 25 to 50 people that will listen to it. And once this thing explodes, it could be millions. Who knows? Amazing. All right. I got two hot tips and they're both fruit themed. Fruit. Oh, I love fruit. The so one is uh, the best way to skin a pomegranate is to uh, do it in water so that the, um, the seeds Seeds float to the bottom or to the, either way, the, the, in the water, they separate and then you can very cleanly um, get pomegranate seeds without sort of the mess and the, the red. So you put everywhere. it in like a big bowl of water as you, and, yeah. you, and that's where you and do then it? they naturally, yeah, the skin will naturally separate from the seeds. So super clean, very easy, and the best way to peel pomegranate. That's a hot tip. What, what Jewish holiday are pomegranates good for? Uh, Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. So not... Not coming up for another six months or so. We're going to file that one away for next time. File it away. I like it. Uh, And the second fruit tip is uh, heating up a lemon in the microwave for like, I don't know, 10, 15 seconds before you squeeze it. You can get a lot more juice out that way. Hitting a lemon in the microwave for 10? Heating it. Yeah. Yeah. I've never done that. Yeah. Way more bang for your buck that way. Do you know why? I don't know. Maybe it has to do, I don't know. It's just a lot juicier. But you have done it and it works. Oh yeah. Works like a charm every time. And it doesn't t- change the taste of the lemon at all. Nope. Those are some hot tips right there. Woo, sizzling. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The other, the other segment we have, recurring segments, we're doing recurring segments, baby, uh, is the teleportation transformation uh, machine that we use, uh, sponsored by Elon Musk. Thank you, Elon. You know he's always testing new technology, and we're very lucky that he gave us this thing to test. But basically, if you we are able to access your memory and teleport into you know whoever is listening, well, the technology will let them teleport into a whole new world. Yeah. Um, you know, what do you want to take us? I mean, this is once in a lifetime Elon Musk technology opportunity. Like, where do you want to go until it's public, obviously. So I, last month, took an awesome trip to South Africa where I went on safari at Kruger National Park. All right. I want to, let's, uh, let's go there. Hold on a second. All right. Tell me all, like, where are we? This is Kruger, South Africa. Where's that? Uh, it's about it like? like a five, six hour drive from Johannesburg. Um, Awesome, awesome national. The whole national park is like the size of New Jersey. It's huge. Um, and that means there's no houses there. There's no skyscrapers. It's all nature. 
all nature. There's like a number of different sort of nature lodges or reserves uh, sort of throughout the park. But other than that, yeah, no like big buildings, nothing. Um, really, really awesome. Um, and you sort of every day either at the crack of dawn or you sort of like for a sunset ride, you get in a Jeep with your guide um, and just drive around until your driver stops. And all of a sudden there's just like a zebra crossing the street or a giraffe crossing the street. So we saw like giraffes, zebras, lions, um, cheetahs. What are you riding in? Like an open Jeep? Open Jeep. Yeah. So you're like right up next to it. And it's really just like a once in a lifetime, totally out of body experience. Just because like it's so wild over there still, like it's so far removed from our like crazy Instagram world. Yeah. Like what, 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 what awakens that, that once in a lifetime feeling? I think just like, it's so hard to describe or sort of put words around, but this feeling that like, you are just like one with nature and in wildlife totally interrupted. Like you're, I'm sure everyone sort of has seen these animals in a zoo or something, but there's Mm -hmm. really something about feeling like you're entering their home rather than like seeing them in a cage or up against glass that just feels like totally humbling and, and really breathtaking. Wow. Was it, was it hot? Yeah. Yeah. It was about like a hundred, hundred degrees. Is this like the Serengeti? No, I don't know what Serengeti is. Uh, where is Serengeti? Good question. It might be north. I think Serengeti is a little north. Uh, what was the favorite animal that you saw? Uh, I feel like I had a soft spot for the, the giraffes. Like the lions were cool and a lot of that other stuff was super cool. But I don't know. Giraffes are just these like magnificent creatures. And well, So they're eating in the wild. No one feeds them either. So they're just like eat leaves of stuff oh yeah yep yeah we saw like a hyena kind of like foraging or getting very close to some impalas uh, really like totally in the wild no one's like feeding them like a zoo um pretty crazy what what did you go with your fam what took you there no i went um just with one friend from boston uh, the two of us were just sort of both able to take two weeks off and sort of have this experience so just and you just life. squeezed it in right in time. They had no travel for a little yeah. while now. I know. Yeah, we really like, and it was only our. We got back really like less than a month ago, which is insane, or about a month ago. Just, uh, just as everything was like going crazy here. Yeah, we're starting to. Wow. Yeah, we got it just in 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 time. Amazing. I can feel myself there with all the animals running around and drinking a little water and watching that beautiful wildlife. Boop, boop, and now I'm back in La Jolla, which is also, you know, not bad. I'm lucky. Cool. Do you think, you know, do you think this uh, Turkish education company is going to be able to take advantage of this opportunity because I mean, obviously this is the time for education software on the computer. I mean, everybody's doing it. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, Turkey extended their uh, national exams by a month. So that's, you know, one extra month where students are really online and looking for support and solutions um, to help them. So I think it's like awesome that, you know, a company like Windows exists and um, students can really have those resources so accessible to them. What does it take to raise a series A just to like, obviously it's a presentation and you have to have a story and you have to have some numbers, but like when it comes to numbers and this is just a general question, just because I'm curious, like to to raise a series A, you can't just be like a, you know, a Pavel doing nothing. I mean, like with a couple of customers, what, like, what does it take? Is there a certain level of business that you have to have before you even go to series A? Yeah. Um, so I'd say like, usually with series A, you're really looking for, you know, a bit more of traction and proof of concept rather than, and it's still, you know, it's still a lot of, um, people placing a bet on, on you as a founder and a team and the ability to sort of execute. But, um, you know, unlike sort of earlier rounds, it's sort of that first round of real institutional capital where people are, you know, sort of looking at the beginnings of the fundamentals and sort of the 
the promise or, or potential for sort of you know, J curve level level growth. And J curve is good, right? Because that's like whoop yeah, versus like I don't know. Yeah. What do you, this? The, what do you think the econ- economic recovery is going to be like after this virus is over? No one I knows. Think yeah, I think it's going to be tough. Um, I think, think it's a swoosh. To... Uh, no, unfortunately. Oh, not even a swoosh. So you think it's like an L? Yeah. The, in the bad, in like an L that's like laying down there, not in a good way. Oh my god. Yeah, goodness. I think it's going to be a, a slow slog back to recovery. But we'll get there eventually, right? We always do. I hope so. Yeah. Interesting. It's been fascinating. Uh, do you have any questions for me? Yeah. I mean, how are you doing? How are you holding up during Corona? Staying safe? Yeah, staying safe. I, uh, you know, I, I like spending time at, at the home. So I do that. That's not an issue. I work remotely. So that's not an issue. My lifestyle was a lot of it was still intact. Um, I think what I, I like dancing. I like having a drink and going to a, you know, a bar and busting a groove, busting yeah. a move. And I can't do that no more. So that's, that's been a miss. Um, dating right now is not something that's like really easy to do. So if you want to meet someone new, like, ah, uh, what do you, you know, uh, it's yeah. like there's always effort to just even meet somebody and like it, I think at the same time you can take advantage of this time and really write romantic letters to each other and and, and build build love that yeah. way um you know I think someone said this there's like three ranks there's single people right now there's couples they're just single people are all bored they don't know what to do couples are like oh my god yeah blah, 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 like a lot of just let's just have fun and then there's people with kids who are just like miserable because the kids are running around and they're like yeah. oh my god i can't handle this and obviously everything in between so you know i'm doing, I'm doing pretty good doing lots of walks um exercising got a kettlebell so i'm doing kettlebell swings nice. so i'm you know i want to get i, I don't want to get the the uh quarantine 10 i want to i want to lose quarantine 10 like, i want to get in shape so i'm still pushing for that good um so that's been pretty good you know i we're lucky to, i'm lucky i can even though the beaches are closed you can still go to, and take a look at the ocean take a look at the beach and yeah as 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 a place to be quarantined you know to be quarantined where i live is, is very nice like that that's yeah. You know, I don't know, grateful, lucky. I, I, I do count my blessings there for sure. And be able to work oh, remotely, nice. count my blessings. Made some kasha yesterday, nice. a little buckwheat kasha, a little beef tongue in the uh, Instant Pot. You know, that's, uh, I, I find myself really wanting to eat more food that my mom makes. I mean, I guess that's just giving me that comfort. Watching yeah. The Office, that's giving me that comfort. Um, you know, drinking, still drinking. It's it's hard not to drink during the pandemic. That's all I can totally. say. I mean, uh, I think it'd be better if you drink less, but you know, that, that's that's in the works. So you know, and I'm scared. I, again, don't want the virus. It's a serious disease. Like, let's stay safe. Um, but overall, you know, as a Pavel do a Pavel do, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a Pavel. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I mean, stay safe, stay healthy, and that's really all you sort of can do to get through this, right? I think so. Hey, this has been this has been really fun. I'm uh, thank you for joining. I know you're super busy, and um, I just want to say thank you, all our listeners. Subscribe, like, uh, follow Jordana Freemed. She's awesome. She's got great insights, and I hope everyone stays safe. We're gonna come back with more episodes. Uh, thanks, Jordana. Yeah, thanks. It's been fun. Talk soon. <laughs>